Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. This is going to be an absolutely uh, amazing, amazing time. And I'm speaking to those folks who they are sick and tired of living out the same experience. That when they step into a new year, these are the folks that are saying, I, Omar, Pastor Omar, I just don't want to declare how good God is, but I also want to see the manifestation of how good he is in my life. And one of the first things that I want to do is I want to uh, establish you in how God thinks about you. So I want you to turn to Third uh, John verses one through four. And they, these are some scriptures that we're going to use to establish you. And he says this. I have no greater joy than to see. Than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And so I want you to I want you to understand that God's joy, God's heart is to see you walk in the truth. And we know that it's the knowing of the truth that sets you free. So God is pleased when he sees you, me, his children walking out uh, the truth of God, walking in freedom, not walking in bondage, not walking in the things that gripped us in the past, but his joy, his heart is for us to walk in the truth. Let's move on to Philippians four verses one. I'm just giving you some scriptures to establish you in the truth. He says, therefore, my dearly beloved, he's talking about you. I'm, I'm establishing you in the truth in terms of how much God loves you. He says, therefore, my beloved and long for my joy and my crown. I need you to understand before we unfold more of this truth. I need you to understand that in God's heart, when he looks at you, he sees you as his joy. He sees you as his crown. And I tell leaders this all the time. We always have to be concerned. I don't care whether you're leading Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, leading a church, leading in schools, leading an organization. We always have to be concerned about what happens to the people. And I'm trying to communicate to you that God has a heart for his people. And he says, my heart for you is you are my joy. You are my crown. And that word, that crown is a kingdom word. That means that you are a precious jewel. You are royalty to him. Let me give you another scripture that establishes you that establishes God's heart for you. First Thessalonians 2, 19. He says it once again. He said, for what is our hope? Ha, ah, yay. For what is our hope or joy or crowned of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Go to verse 20. And then he says, for you, First Thessalonians 2, verse 20, for you are our glory and our joy. Very important. So he's, a, he's establishing that you, my daughter, you, my son, are my glory and my joy. Now, we realize that sometimes our lives don't line up to God's expectation and God's heart for our lives. That's why we need good teaching. That's why we need good training so that we can uh, make sure that our lives line up with God's expectation. So we're talking about the goodness of God. And I want to give you this in um, Psalm 65, verse 11. This is our this is our anchor scripture. If I already know that I'm his joy, if I already know that I'm his crown, then I want to establish you in the reality of well, what happens to my year? What happens to my days? 
God, how do, how, how do I ensure that my life is unfolding in the manner in which you intended for my life to unfold? So I don't have to live out my days being sad. So I don't have to live out my days being uh, depressed. And so there's a, there's a dimension of truth and it, it, it can be it's enforced by the spirit of God that if you enter into this thing, it'll change your life. So here's what God's expectation is for our year. He says this, you crown the year, my God, you crown the year 2022 with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. And so when God is talking about his goodness, this is what exactly what he means. He means that your year is going to be crowned with unbelievable joy, unbelievable kindness, unlimited favor, liberality in bestowing of gifts. In other words, there's great bounty that is that your year will be full of. When he says, I'm going to crown your year with goodness, he's saying that I'm going to release a degree of satisfaction upon your life. So when you walk out January, February, March, April, you're going to walk in a tremendous grace. And he says this, he says, every path, my God, I want you to get this, that the crowning of your year is connected to God's path for your life. And when you walk in God's path, you, walk, you are walking in his blessing. That's why all throughout the scriptures, there's a, there's a tie-in between his goodness and his path. I want you to write that down in the chat, that there's a connection between his goodness and his path. And he says, he's given us the imagery, my path, because I am a good shepherd, I'm a good God, mercy, uh, uh, goodness and mercy shall follow you all your days. Every path that I assign you to walk in, get the imagery, it's dripping with abundance. And that's why he says, that's why he says this, acknowledge me in all your ways and I will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. And I acknowledge me in all your ways and I will direct your paths. And so how do we get into the path of God that drips with abundance? We first must start to declare that my whole year is going to be crowned with goodness. Um, my marriage, my, my spouse, my, my children, declare that thing. You got to declare that my entire year will be crowned with the goodness of God, my, my relationships, my business ventures, the opportunities coming to me, my church, my ideas, all of it is going to be crowned with the goodness of God. Now here's how you, here's one of the ways in which you walk into it. He says, let me give you this scripture, my goodness. He says, it's in Proverbs 16, 23. It says the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. What does that mean? The Bible says that you shall have what you say. You shall decree a thing and it shall be so. In other words, you frame your world through your words. And so you have to literally Open your mouth and declare, this shall be, no matter what has been in the past, this shall be the best year of my life. No matter what has happened to you, the opportunities that are coming to me are going to be tremendous. My whole family, 
my neighborhood, uh, the city of Philadelphia shall walk in a different blessing in the name of Jesus. And so God is saying that you literally have to teach your mouth and add learning to your lips. Why? Because your whole year is going to be crowned with the goodness of God. Now here, here's the thing that is extremely interesting. It's extremely interesting about his goodness. God is literally waiting and watching for you to call it. Now, when my father was alive, my father was a sports enthusiast. That means that he loved uh, watching the games. We had a nickname for him. We called him Game Game. Nobody watched the games better than my father. And he, he used to say, he said, oh, we're going to see what play they're going to call. And the same way in which my father said, we're going to watch to see what the coach will call in this situation. And he would yell at the TV and he would say, call the play. Let me see your play. And this is the same thing that God is saying to you. I'm going to watch to see what you will call your year. I'm going to say it to you again. God is watching to see what you will call for your entire year. He's watching to see what you will call for your family. He's watching to see what you will call for your neighborhood. You got to call those opportunities in. I'm telling you, you got to call it. So, and here, here's the revelation. Turn to Genesis 2 verses 19. In Genesis 2 verses 19, you will see what God did to see how this whole dynamic works. In Genesis 2 19, it says, out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. And he brought every beast, every bird of the air, he brought it to Adam. In other words, I want you to get this revelation that God is going to bring certain things to you. But here's what he does. Since you are a king in the earth, he, he, he waited to see and he brought him to him and Adam to Adam to see what he would call it. Here's what I'm saying to you. It's your call. You have to call what your life is going to be. You have to call what your children will be. And he said, you have to call what your business will be. You have to call what your health will be. You have to call it. You got to call a play. And he says this, and whatever, my God, somebody put in the chat, whatever, and whatever, do you, now listen, this is what I want you to understand. Do you understand the quality of Adam's mind? Do you understand the quality of Adam's mind for God to sit back and allow this? And he says, and whatever. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that's what it was by name. And I'm submitting to you that you have to call what it will be because the goodness of God is available and God is good all the time. He is good, but you have to come into agreement with him by calling out what it will be. Now, when the goodness, when you're, when you are, when you are crowned with the goodness of God, God is going to manifest himself through a number of ways uh, in your life. And so, so here's, you, you must understand 
something very important about your identity. And I'll give you these quickly. And I gave you these last week, but I'm going to give you these again. Number one, you need to realize that you are a lover. You shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul and thy mind. So you have to realize that I am a lover. The Bible says, love your, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you have to make sure that you focus on your love life. And I said this before, it is only lovers can tap into what God has prepared before the foundations of the world. So if you work on your love life, you can tap into what God has already prepared. Somebody put in the chat, I'm a lover. The second thing is that you are a witness. So it, I'm, I'm framing you with your identity. The Bible says that you shall be my witnesses. You're going to be a witness. In, in other words, what that means is that you are, you are the one that God is going to use to validate the claim that Jesus is Lord. Do, do you know how precious that is to be called a witness? You are the one that is going to validate the claim that he can change your whole life, that he can heal you, that he can transform you. You are the validator of the claim. Thirdly, you are a prayer. The father, the father is constantly um, uh, wooing you to a place of prayer because prayer is what gives you access to the father. Prayer is how you get the father uh, involved in the affairs of the earth. And so he's saying that when you pray, pray like this, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so he's saying that you have the ability as a prayer to access the heart of the father. Fourthly, you are a worshiper. The father is always looking ah, for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And so when God manifests himself through pouring out his goodness, generally speaking, he is going to he is going to address your love life. My goodness. He's going to address your love life for him. He's going to address your love life for your spouse, your children, your relationships, your love life for your neighbor. He's going to address how you witness. He's going to address uh, the dimensions of your prayer. He's going to address your worship life. Oh, my God. And so I want you to realize that God is seeking to establish you in all of these ways. Now, when God says that he's going to release the favor of God, upon your life, the favor of God, when he's going to release the goodness of God, there's a tremendous degree of favor that is going to come in your life. Now, here's what I want you to understand. The blessing of God is perpetual. It's not a one and done shot. It is a perpetual blessing. And so there's some there's some things that we have to understand in order to access the favor of God. I want you to put up Proverbs 13, verse 15. These are these are some keys that help you access the favor of God. Number one, good understanding releases the favor of God. So the more you understand about God, the more you take in about who he is and how he has designed you and how he works, it opens a door for favor. And I will say this to you again, when you have the key, you don't have to break down the door. The keys open the door. Let me give you another one that releases the favor of God. Proverbs 8.35, Proverbs 8.35. He says, for whoever finds me, Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor of the Lord. So when we find the Lord through Jesus Christ, we need to understand that the finding of him opens up tremendous favor. Somebody put in the chat, finding him opens up tremendous favor, but you can't walk in something with authority that you do not know about. God, I'm talking about the favor of God. 
And the Bible says that in Proverbs 12, verse 2, a good man, a good man obtains favor from the Lord. Now, for those of us that are married or for those of us that seek to be married, let me give you this one. Proverbs 18, 22. The Bible says that whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, let me submit this to you. Finding a spouse is not a one-time deal of favor. So some people think just getting married, that's the favor. What God is saying is that if you bring yourself into alignment with my kingdom, you can literally walk in perpetual, my God, you can walk in perpetual favor so that you don't live out a sad experience, a grievous experience, a burdensome uh, experience. And so this is why he so wants us to walk in the favor of the Lord. Put amen if you hear that in the chat. I'm telling you, you can walk in tremendous, tremendous favor of the Lord. Now, here's a piece that I want you to understand. In order to walk in a different degree of God's goodness, we have to set goals. My goodness. We have to set goals. Paul said, I will press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. In other words, he, he said, I will forget those things which are behind. In other words, I have to move away from my past life. I have to move away not only from past mistakes, but I have to move away. I have to move beyond past areas of success and victory and move on to a greater dimension in God. And so how do I do that? I have to set goals for my life. It is our responsibility to set uh, goals for our lives. Otherwise, we leave ourselves to be controlled by someone else. And God wants us to be led by his spirit, not controlled by somebody else. And so there's also dimensions, there's also dimensions where whether you do something or not, God is going to shower you with his blessing. He just did it. But then there are dimensions where he's saying, son, daughter, I need you to design something. I need you to create something. I need you to be intentional, intentional about who you meet with. I need you to be intentional about your training. I need you to be intentional about your body. I need you to be intentional about what you're eating. I need you to be intentional. Why? Because there are certain things that you, we cannot experience unless we set goals. And I'm saying that when we set goals, we can tap into a different dimension of God. And so here's what I want to uh, show you. I want to show you something that's absolutely uh, incredible. So if you, I want to encourage you, and we'll put this up on the screen, I want to encourage you to set uh, goals in these seven major areas of life. I want to encourage you to set goals. You, th this is so important. You'll see on the screen uh, the seven areas of life. And in these seven areas, I need you to set goals in these seven areas of life. Now, all of these, all of these areas, which you're seeing on the screen, all of these areas work in tandem. They work with one another. And so think of it, think of it like um, God says, be ye holy for I am holy. In other words, he's saying, the word holy means oneness. It comes from the word, this is where we get the word integer from. The word integer means 
whole, not a fraction. It's a whole. That's where the word integrity comes from. So if you are going to live with integrity, get this down. If you are going to live with integrity, all of these seven areas of your life must work uh, in tandem. Now, all, all of these dimensions affect one another. There's the man that says, this is the only area where I let down. That's not true. Every let down affects the rest. Not to think so is naive. So these, so what we want, what, what we want to see is we want to see you set goals in these seven areas of life. Let me quickly uh, go through them so that you understand uh, what they are. Firstly, you have spirituality and character. Secondly, you have personal development and growth. Thirdly, you have social and community, money and investments, health and fitness, what, your life's work or your career. And then you have your family and your personal life. And so let's go to the next slide, the 90 days. Now, how does this work? So what you have here is that we want to decree that you, that you take authority over the entire year. In other words, God is going to manifest his goodness in every area of your life. And when you look at this slide, you're going to see that the year is, is pretty much broken down into uh, four 90-day quadrants. And so what I want you to know is that every 90 days you can reset. So you don't have to feel like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. Well, let's, let's strictly look at how God is going to manifest himself in the first three months of the year, January, February, and March. And then we'll look at how God is going to manifest himself in the second 90 days of the year, April, May, and June. And then we're going to look at how he will manifest himself in July, August, and September. And then finally, we will look at how he will manifest himself in October, November, and December. And then when you get ready for 2023, you will have the momentum, the momentum, the, the joy, true joy of saying, wow, I accomplished something. I had the greatest year of my life. Now, let me show you a let me show you a sample. If you go to the next slide, let me just show you a sample of how these goals can look. If you go to it's the slide with my mission in January on it. The, my goals. Yes, there it is. So ideally what you want to do is you want to identify your goals. Now, the, the, this is just a sample. We're right on it. This is just a sample. So spiritual, one, one of my spiritual goals, and I say this to you not to impress you, but to impress upon you the power of setting goals. And so number one is we might look at a goal to say, all right, a spiritual goal is to pray for the city. Um, another one is to study the Holy Spirit. So what you might look at it in the month of January, I'm going to pray at 5 a.m. and read one book on the Holy Spirit. Read one book on the Holy Spirit. Then, I, then the goal is to, to, to drop 50 pounds for 2022. But for the month of January, the goal is just to lose four pounds. Here's the challenge most people have. And put this down in the chat. Most people are making the mistake of trying to manage their time. But what you really must do is manage your focus. Stop trying to manage your time, but manage your focus. What is it that you need to be focused on? Because surely God is focused on you. He called you his crown. He called you his glory. He called you his joy. And so this is how you break this down. Now, here's what I, re here's what I really want to give you. I want you to go to this next dimension that you have to really set up is it's very important if you go to the slide with the rituals. The rituals. Yes. Now, 
In Mark 1.35, in Mark 1.35, it talks about how Jesus had established a pattern. He established a pattern of praying every day a great while before daylight. That was a morning custom. In other words, that was a morning ritual. So what I'm showing you is in addition to your goals, there are some things that you have to do every day. And I won't go to this scripture, but I'll just give it to you for reference. In Luke 4, 16, it says, as was his custom, Jesus went to the synagogue. And what I am saying is that in order for you to be extremely effective, you have to have some customs in place, customs that address your spiritual well-being, customs that address your body and customs that address your brain. Let me show you the first one that you want to put in place uh, in terms of rituals for your your being. Give me this one. The first one for your being that you want to be able to put in place your being. The first one for your being that you want to make sure that you have in place is this, is that prayer and meditation. These are some samples of things that you can do every day that start to establish your life. I have a prayer life. Here's another one that you can do. Journaling, journaling, writing your thoughts down, reflecting upon um, where you're going and what has happened in your life. Number three, getting a quiet time. Oh my God, that's a hard one. Being still, whether you're taking a walk in the park and I love walking on the trail, but these are some things that you can do that support your well-being. Number four, planning for your future and contemplating. Contemplating what's your next move. God loves thinkers. He loves people that think about what's gonna happen next month. What's going to happen next year? What's going to happen in two years? He loves thinkers. He was always thinking about you. He thought about you so much that he slew his own son before the foundation of the world. Number five, listening to music that supports your spiritual well-being. Number six, family time. Sometimes when you're around your family, people that you can connect with, this can be family and friends, it helps with your well-being. Why am I saying this? When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoices. When you are not well, the city, Philadelphia suffers. Go to the next slide for your body. Here's the things that you need for your body. Rituals, exercising every day. Whether it's a walk, whether it's going to the gym. Here's number two, committing to a meal plan. My goodness, my goodness. Doing, when you eat the right stuff, your body is saying, my God, I love you because you're putting kale inside of me. You're putting, you're putting all of the right stuff in me. Number three, sleep. You think that sleep is important? Some of us are suffering because we don't get enough sleep. And number four, you need to hydrate. I'm telling you again, when it go well, when it go well with the people of God, the city rejoices. Give me the last one. For your being, for your being. No, not, not your being, your brain. Uh-oh, this is big. Your brain. So we got your being, we got your body, and we got your brain. Your mind needs to be stimulated. Here's my recommendation. Now you can do what you want, but here's my recommendation. Read 10 to 20 pages a day. The person who does not read is no different than the person who cannot read. And so I'm saying to you, read at least 10 to 20 pages a day from texts or books that will move you forward, that will show you how to get an edge, how to get an advantage. Number two, review your goals. Review your goals. Review your goals. You become what you think about most of the time. My goodness. You become what you think about most of the time. So you need to review your goals and listen to motivational talks, either on YouTube or podcasts. And number four, I love this one, mentorship meetings or lunch talks. 
when I am around people that I'm having lunch with or being mentored by, these uh, associations, these fellowships strengthen me. That's why the Bible says, forsake not the assembly of the believers. You can have communities online, which we're doing right now. But when that assembly comes into being, it does something for our brain and it does something for our being as a whole. Go back to the first one. I want to show you something about uh, your being. I'm going to give you this formula, your being. Now, let me give you this formula, put it down. Meditation produces revelation. The more you meditate upon the word, then you will get a revelation. The spirit of God will reveal to you what to do. Meditation produces revelation. Revelation produces motivation. Motivation produces action. And action produces fruit. It all begins with meditation. And this being part is so important. If you learn to control your morning, you can control the rest of your day. You have to set aside sacred time if you control your morning, you can control the rest of your day. Now, let me give you this last piece. And this is going to blow your mind. And I am done. This last slide, which says. The 66 day minimum. Now, it's going to just take me 10 minutes to go through this. This is the 66 day minimum. Let me explain to you. Please, there's three stages. Stage one is destruction. Stage two is installation. Stage three is integration. Now, let me explain what this means, and then we'll go back and forth in terms of putting this up on the screen. But I want you to understand what this really means. The University College of London calls this the 66-day minimum. In other words, you need 66 days to make a new habit yours. So don't quit after a few days, weeks, or months. Promise yourself that you will go through the 66-day process no matter what. So what that means, you got to make this thing through deep into February. If you started January 1st, we need you to make it into deep into February. Watch what this means. There's three stages, and I want you to remember this. All change is hard at first, messy in the middle, and beautiful in the end. Now, the first stage is the destruction stage. If it is not difficult, then it is not real change. It is supposed to be hard when you, st when you start moving on your goals because you're rewriting the past patterns of your mind, and then you're embracing the new man in Christ and destroying old ways of operating. The Bible says old things have passed away, all things have become new. I wanna give you this analogy. A space shuttle uses more fuel in the 60 seconds after liftoff than it uses the entire orbit around the Earth. In other words, it requires a large amount of fuel to overcome those initial forces and reach escape velocity. The first phase, the destruction phase, where you really start to put your goals and your habits and your rituals in motion, guess what? You are going to be in warfare. Soon as you start doing something for your body, you are going to experience a degree of warfare. This is why during those first 21 or 22 days in this destruction phase, you might want to call a fast. Why? Because the fast is going to make you sensitive to the warfare the warfare that is trying to keep you in a negative hold. 
The warfare is there to make sure you never leap over the wall. You never get the business. I, you never get the business deal. You never get the contracts. Your children never get free. That's why you have to, as you set out, you might want to declare a fast. I'll give you an example. The prophet Daniel, he fasted 21 days. So if you go to Daniel chapter 10, verses 10 through 14, I'm going to show you this very quickly. I'm going to show you this very quickly. Daniel, we're talking about the destruction phase. This is the last thing I'm going to show you, and this is very important. He says, suddenly a hand, Daniel had decided to pray for 21 days. A hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Verse 11, go. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. Daniel was praying and the angel came to you. While he was speaking this word, I stood trembling. Verse 12. Then he said, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, God, at the beginning of the year that you set your heart to receive the goodness of God, you set your heart to have the greatest year of your life and to humble yourself before me, your words were heard. My God, if that doesn't give somebody hope, the first day that you told God that I want to live and not die, he said, I heard your words and I have come because of your words. Verse 13. But the prince, this is the warfare, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for had I left alone, had I been left alone there with the kings of Persia. And here's the point that I want you to make. Here's the point that I want to make to you. Everything that you try to do, when you set out on your, you are going to experience warfare and that warfare is real. When you start to pray for your children, when you start to pray for your children to be delivered, uh, the city for the carjackings to go down, for the violence to go down, when you really set your face to do it, God is saying, be aware that there's something happening in the spiritual realm that wants to fight you from ever changing. And that's why it's important for you to declare a fast. Let me go on to the next slide. My goodness. So the first one is the destruction stage. The, ah, God, let me give you this. The installation stage. Now, in that second stage of the 66-day minimum, this is what's going to happen. This is where you feel, if you made it through the first 20 days, you might say, man, this is crazy. I'm not losing any weight. Uh, I haven't been able to, uh, it, it seems like God is not answering my prayers. It seems like this is a drag. Uh, maybe I'll accept how the year just went last year. God is saying that this is where when you start to install new habits and new rituals, this is where you're going to have commitment remorse. You know, we have buyer's remorse. Soon as you spend the money, you're like, Dad, why did I even buy that? I shouldn't have bought this house. I shouldn't have got married. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have did this or that. You start to have commitment remorse. And he's saying that when you start getting to the second phase where things just seem a little crazy. I mean, people that have young children experience it all the time. They're like, Dad, I shouldn't have had, I, Dad, I don't know if I should have had these kids. This is crazy. I'm I'm worn out. I can't even sleep. I can't even rest. I don't even know where I'm going. I, I wish I had some help with this. But that's where you where you're really setting your mind to install some new habits. And so here's what I, here's the encouragement that I want to give you when you step in this realm. Jesus says, oh, God. This is where you're going to have to experience Thousands of little deaths to enter into what you what what your goals are. 
thousands of little deaths, death by it's, it's the it's where you have to keep sacrificing, keep sacrificing. And so I just want to remind you that this is why so few people enter into this, because this is where it's very hard work and most people don't want to do the work. And that's why Jesus said this. Wide is the gate to destruction and narrow is the way to life. Now, here's what Jesus said. And few there be, my God, that enter in. For those of you that I'm speaking to, you are the few that will enter into life. In other words, I'm going to say this to you. The devil doesn't have to work hard for some of us to destroy our lives. He says, wide is the way to destruction. But in order to get into another dimension of his grace, as you are going throughout the year, realize that there, there's going to be all of this chaos to help you establish your goals and then the, your goals and your habits. And then the last phase mm, 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 is the integration phase. This is where the greats, they practice these habits so much that they arrive at a place where they forget not to do them. The greats, that's you. That you put these rituals, you put these habits in place so much that it's hard for you to forget not to exercise. It's hard for you to forget not to fast. It's hard for you to forget not to pray. It's hard for you to forget not to read 10 to 20 pages a day. This is the stuff that makes up your life. And you get, when you integrate it, you reach a point called, it's automatic. It happens automatic. And I'll leave you with this one story. God bless his soul. Kobe Bryant's trainer, by the a guy by the name of Tim Grover. He said, I saw something amazing from Kobe Bryant that could be a lesson for so many people. God, Kobe Bryant won five championships and Tim Grover said, there's some things that I learned from training him. He said, the world-class performers never wait for somebody to tell them what they should do. He says, if you want to be like the greats, those with unparalleled success, stop waiting for somebody to tell you what to do. Tell yourself what to do and stop waiting for others to lay it out for you. Awesome takes patience. Genius takes time, but stay with your commitment long enough for it will work. And so I just want to say this to you, that God is going to crown your year with tremendous goodness. But he is also asking us, he's, he's wooing us, I dare you to write your vision. I dare you to set some goals. I dare you to say this is going to be the greatest year of my life. And if you set up those rituals for your being, for your body and for your brain, and if you go through that destruction stage, and if you go through that installation stage, and if you go to the stage of integration where it's now automatic, you will have a life that God is saying, that's the life that I wanna do above and beyond what he could ask or think according to 
the Holy Ghost. And so I bless you today. I will be back. Pastor Bob has already released me to come back at certain points throughout the 90 day periods of the year to give you more training on how you can walk in the goodness of God. May God crown your year with his goodness and may those paths that you walk in, may you walk in the ones that drip with abundance. There may be folks today that are saying, man, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. God is good. I, I, I want his mercy to follow me all the days of my life. I want God's mercy to run after me. If that's you today and you're saying, man, I want to be saved. I want to be saved from my sin. I'm tired of just constantly backsliding. And I, because if I, I'm, if I keep doing this, part of it is because I have nothing to slide to. And so, Lord, show me what my life is. Show me what you intend for my life. If that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, there are people online that will pray for you. But I'm going to pray a prayer for you right now that says, Lord, if this is you wanting to accept Christ as your savior, Lord, I, I, I accept you. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that you are good. I believe that you are the Lord. And I believe that if I accept you into my heart, I shall be saved from the power of sin, the presence of sin and the penalty of sin. Save me today, Lord, that I might be your son or your daughter. In Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are a son and a daughter of God. God bless you and have the greatest year of your life. Peace. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.